Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Well, it is a joy and a privilege to be here tonight. It's a great honor to be in this church, and uh, and I'm thankful for the invitation. You know, um, Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Diana really were one of the first ones outside of Do, uh, Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy that really, really, really encouraged my husband and I to step into the fullness of what God had for us. And so that's always been a blessing to us. And, and you know, we're, we're um, Uncle Johnny and Aunt Debbie here. <laughs> Some of you may not know that. You'll find that out tonight, you know. Uh, that's how long we've been around, that we're just like relatives, and, and we love that. And uh, I know that uh, Pastor Jordan is doing a great wife, him, a great, God, I can't believe I said that. He's doing a great job, him and his wife, amen. I see some of the things, I don't know what to call them, but sometimes you have um, their bullet statements about what you're going to minister on. Uh, would it be on Facebook or Instagram? I, I don't know, but I do know that they're yours, you know, and they're powerful. So this is a nice, strong, healthy church, and I'm so honored to be here. Amen. Uh, let me do my products. You know, Pastor, jo uh, Pastor Dr. Dufresne, excuse me, would scold me all the time because I didn't take time to uh, tell about my product. And what he was trying to teach me was that I needed to honor the revelation that God had given me. And I had my own mindset about it. But uh, he taught me that what I was thinking was incorrect and that I needed to honor what was put on the inside of me. So I have material out there. I don't know how much material we have. It's a small amount because we were in Nashville uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, so uh, a lot of the product was taken. But uh, I have this one tape series, Honoring the Local Church. And really, that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight, Honoring the Local Church. I don't know if I'm going to say anything that's on this CD. Because the way that it works with me is that God will give me a vein to flow in. He will bring scriptures up that he wants me to expound on. But how it comes out, I do not know. I can never really repeat a service word for word just because of the way that it flows out of me. But uh, I do believe that, that we're in a time and in an hour where we need to make sure that we have the basic foundational truths, you know, solid and established and always rehearsing them so that they, that we don't let them slip. And so the, the, the local church is the lifeline to the believer. The local church is where everything happens. The local church is where you learn how to flow with God and operate with God and get the best and the most of what God has for you. And God puts you in a local church of his choosing, not of yours. And he puts you under a pastor of his choosing, not of yours. And you need to honor and esteem that. But that's honoring the local church. Also, I have honoring your heritage. One of the things that we need to not let slip are the revelations that were given to the generals that went before us. We have to stay with that or else they would be lost. 
one of the things that Brother Hagin said, you know, before his home going, you know, years before his home going, he would tell those close to him, he would say, preach faith, keep preaching faith. And they would say to him like, well, well, why would you say that? You know, what, what else is there to preach? And he says, there'll come a time when even people that said they were my spiritual sons and daughters, they won't be preaching faith anymore, so keep preaching faith. See, when a general tells us something like that, he's warning us, and so we need to heed those things. So we need to honor those that have had revelations before us and keep those revelations alive so that we can gain more and keep going further. It's not so that we can, you know, we're not looking for new revelations, so to speak. We're looking to go deeper into what God's given us. Amen. And so uh, that keeps us safe. So I have those out there. Let me just put those. Somebody come and get these for me. Let me take you, first of all, to Second Kings. Because I generally start there. Those of you that, that know my assignment, you know that my assignment is honor. And uh, I endeavor to stay true to that because that's what God said to me. He said, when you go out, uh, when you begin to go out and minister, and he was basically telling me I'm going to go out and minister. He said, I want you to teach on honor. And honor was a revelation that God gave me so that I could stay solid and I could develop and I could produce fruit in my own local church. That was the revelation. I never thought that he would want me to share that revelation. Because everything that I am, am ministering to you is what God ministered to me so that I would just stay in my place. So that I would uh, uh, get over all of the pitfalls that the enemy would try to bring. So I could learn to get over offense. Or I would learn how to stay under when it didn't look like things were going the way I wanted them to go. Really, it was about God dealing with me for longevity. And so I would develop and bear fruit. But then there came a time, and this was when, when we got connected with Dr. Dufresne, when God said to me, I, I'm, I'm going to begin to use you in this area, and this is what I want you to minister. So however I minister, even if I minister on the subject of faith, there's going to be honor entwined in there somewhere, because that is my assignment. You know, it was 2016, and the Spirit of God said something to me. I was walking through my bedroom, and he said, you know that if you don't preach honor, that message will be lost. Now, I knew he wasn't talking about to the body of Christ. Because there's some wonderful ministers that minister on honor. I mean, I know Brother Copeland has a book on honor. I know that uh, uh, Dr. Hattabal, doesn't he have a book on honor? I know that uh, Pastor Eberly, the different people have wonderful material on honor. I think uh, Brother Siegel, Reverend Siegel. So I knew it wasn't about being lost to the body of Christ. What he was trying to tell me is you're going to lose the anointing of that revelation. And that's not going to be good for me. So if I don't pay attention to what God's assigned me to do, I'm going to lose my effectiveness in it. And that's true for all of us. God assigns us to all do something in the body of Christ. And if we don't pay attention to it and endeavor to develop in it, we're going to lose our effectiveness in it. And so um, 
that was just sort of a reminder that, you know, don't, don't let the enemy get you in a mindset that everyone has heard this or people are going to think this is the only thing you know. Because, you know, the enemy will, will say all kinds of things to get you off of what God's assigned you to do. And if we are going to run our race and finish our course, we're going to stay, have to stay steadfast in the lane that God has put us in. Amen. So 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 8. It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, and I love this in the King James, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. I perceive. You know, if you look that up in the Strongs, one of the definitions is to know. I know this is a holy man of God. And, you know, that really uh, brings me back to the local church. When you get born again and you find the church that God has planted you in, there's a knowing that comes. You know, I belong here. And immediately things begin to happen in your life. Increase comes in your life in different ways. I've known people to come to church and they've been struggling in their marriage. And when they get to the church where God's planted them, all of a sudden things start to smooth out in different areas where they've had rough patches or maybe financially. But, but there is the, the, the confirmation that comes with the knowing. You have to know where God placed you. And when you do, you have to protect that at all costs. You can't let change cause you to think that God has changed his mind. You know, we go through some transitions. We go through some changes. You know, my husband and I, in our church, we've gone through some changes. My husband and I, we have been pastoring the church since really probably about 1996. But in 2018, and my husband is 17 years older than I am. But in 2018, really, he began to, to just sense some changes really in his physical body. And so he really wasn't going to be as active in the church as he had been. And I had a talk with my congregation. I said, you know, your pastor has brought you this far. And now there is a transitioning happening in his life. And you have to remain steady and steadfast, even though there's some things changing. My husband is a pastor, but he does not minister from the pulpit anymore. But that's no excuse for people to say, well, since Pastor Johnny's not ministering, I don't have to be here. So I'm talking about change. When transition comes, it's no excuse. You know, God, when he placed you in a church, he knew the transitions and the changes that there would be. And it's not an excuse for you to unhook. Amen. I know that at some point, I don't know when it's going to be, but I know that at some point that, that the call of God on my life will take me out of the church ministering more than I'm in the church now. Whenever that is, and I'm not trying to speed that up or whatever, but I do know that I am preparing my family and my church 
that when that shift comes, they honor their church. And they honor their woman of God, or if it's my grandson, their man of God. Just like they did in the beginning, because God didn't change his mind. You can't say, well, I don't like the way they do it. No, no, no. You're part of the church. Do you get it? You don't, you, don't, you don't get to decide to disqualify yourself or disconnect yourself, excuse me. You don't disconnect yourself just because, you know, the, the preacher is not your flavor. Not when you belong to a local church that has a vision. That's a long-term plan. And what you need to do is learn to get adjusted to what God is doing. When God's doing different things, you just make those adjustments. Amen. You know, we've been traveling just a little bit more with Pastor Nancy in the Miracle Crusades. And so I have, you know, young men in our church that, you know, are excellent teachers. And I have them up there. And I tell my church, I said, please do not uh, um, disconnect from your church because I'm not here. Because I'm going to get my impartations that I need so that we can fulfill what God's called us to do. And don't treat this church just because I'm not here don't treat it with disrespect because the Holy Spirit is still here and when I ask somebody to minister I would like for you to continue to stay connected because if you don't show up then I can't do what I'm supposed to do because I got to stay home and babysit you and that goes along with the finances don't not show up and not bring your tithe because we're not there I'm just real. <laughs> you know, I, 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 this is, I'm a firm believer that if you just tell your congregation the truth, they, they're, they're mature enough or they'll appreciate you enough to just go with it. I don't try to cover anything over or make anything smooth. I just tell it like it is. Do you know that if you decide not to show up when I'm gone and the finances go down, you're going to force me to have to make some changes. And you don't want me to do that because I need to do the will of God. Yeah. Amen. And so really what God's been having me do, you know, and I believe that it's, and I'm not saying, I'm not preaching this message because we don't have strong churches. We have strong churches. In our camp, we've got strong churches. But you cannot not reinforce what we know. You have to stay firm on what you know. And that's why I've been talking about the, 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 the local church and honoring the local church. I've told my congregation members, I don't care how long you've been in the ministry of helps. I don't care how long you've been doing what you have been doing. It's no excuse to treat it casual. Our responsibility is whatever we're doing to excel in it and get better. You know, everybody wants the preacher to get more anointed. But what about the usher? What about the children's church worker? What, what about the youth minister? You know, you, you want them to get more anointed at what they're doing. Because there is an anointing for everything we do. Even in the natural. There's an anointing to serve. And we need to excel in whatever place God has put us. And we need to teach people to put a premium on what you're doing. I, I don't care if you've been doing something for 20 years. Don't treat it casual. I, I told our congregation, I said, you know, just because you are 
fulfilling a task in the church doesn't mean you're doing it with the right attitude. An attitude with God is everything. So you can be going through the motions and showing up, but the fruit and the increase that you will experience all depends on what's going on in the heart. So when you do it and you are not joyful about doing it, you're not um, fulfilled in doing it, then you're not going to get the reward that you should get for doing what you're doing. And we want that reward. So she said, I perceive, I know he is a holy man of God. Dr. Frank used to tell us, one of the things that's lacking in the body of Christ is people recognizing greatness in a man or woman of God. Greatness is not seen by the size of, of the crowd. <laughs> greatness is seen in the willingness to adapt themselves and to be used by God. It's about that. It's not about, you know, anything that we see on the outside. It's about what goes on on the inside. I've always thought that it was really curious how people could come to a church where a pastor had had an experience, gotten born again, got their life, you know, man or woman, got their life completely changed, turned around. They're not even the same person anymore. God is using them to do things that they would have never done before. And then people disregard them as if they have no value. Just because they're sitting under them week after week, week after week. Did you forget the power of God that it took to get that person transformed into what God could display? Sometimes we don't recognize the greatness in what God does in a person's life. So don't ever minimize what God brings in your life. What God brings in your life should always be esteemed. And your local church is something that you better protect. You, you, it, it's vital to everything that's going to happen in your life. It's vital for your family. It's vital for your longevity. It's vital for your finances. And so we don't ever want to dishonor the local church. So I love when it said she perceived that he was a holy man of God. I know he's a holy man of God. When you get to the place where God's planted you, there's a knowing that comes on the inside. Don't ever override that knowing. Don't, don't, don't ever trade that for anything else. There are all kinds of things that could come along that could make you think that you could increase faster or that, you know, could benefit you more. But don't ever override that knowing. When I got to the church that I am now pastoring, <laughs> and we got there in 1983, and we are still there. We have completed 39 years in that church, and we are pastoring. But when we got there, we knew this is where we belong. Did we know where we would end up? No, but we knew this is the place that God ordained for us. And listen, no storm, no, no offense that would try to come. Nothing is going to take us away from our place. And to be honest with you, had we left our place, we wouldn't have come into contact with Dr. Dufresne, which was another phase in our life that took us on. <laughs> so we stayed in our place. But it's because of what 
we knew. There are things that God reveals to us and we know. We need to hold on to them. When, 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 we, when we know that the church has a vision, we need to be a part of that. And we need to hold on to that. You know, I, I was telling them that we had a young man that, that passed away, um, I think a couple weeks ago now, 37 years old, and just really kind of unexpected. But one thing that I could say, <laughs> without a doubt, at his, the, you know, the memorial, the celebration of his life, here is a young man that really was plugged into the church, his family. He was plugged in with his finances, his children. And I'm going to tell you something. They're reaping the benefits for that place that he held. Even though, yes, it's not an easy thing to lose someone like that, God immediately began to make up the difference in, in their life. I mean, the church family came around them. And, you know, even though, yes, they're, they're, they're walking through some things. But I'm telling you what, they are seeing God care for them in such a way. And it's because their father knew something. He knew where he belonged. He knew where he was going to thrive. And, you know, we don't have answers for everything. And so we're not getting into the whys of everything. But we do know that his life of commitment and faithfulness has brought a reward to his family. And will continue to bring a reward and an increase to his family. You know, sometimes we, in our life, we're so short-sighted. We are not seeing that what we do today is going to affect us 30 years down the road or what the decision that we make today it's going to affect our children or our grandchildren these are the things that we need to that we need to look at so she knew you need to know this is your local church and it is there is no if it's your local church that needs to be solid on the inside of you and you need to understand that now what God wants you to do is to help uh, uh, propel forward the plan of God in this church. Your local church comes with a plan. We call it a vision. And when we know that, there, that this is our church and we know that there is a plan, then we get behind it. And whatever the pastor says is our next project, that is what is in our heart. And that's what's on the top of our agenda. Getting what God wants done in the local church. You know, we had a miracle happen last year in December. We were... Um, we were, had been endeavoring to pay off our building uh, because God instructed us to. And we knew that paying off the building had something to do with our faith being increased and enlarged for the next thing that he has for us because he wants us to buy land and to build a, build a, build a bigger building. And so I was sitting in a meeting, in a January meeting with Pastor Nancy, and in that meeting, God said to me, when you get home, there are three things that I want you to, to begin to exercise your faith and lead the congregation in exercising their faith to take care of. And the third thing on that list was pay off your building. Now, our building was not a big overhead. So it was never a strain to make the building payment. So I never 
had a thought to pay it off. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, I'm going to pay off my building, but that was just never a thought of mine. I mean, you know, I'm just exercising my faith and I want my faith to keep, you know, out there exercising. So it was just never a thought of mine. But when God said to do it, then I said, all right, then we're going to do it. So we get down to the third thing and we're there working to, you know, uh, lead everybody to, you know, use their faith, extra finances. We're going to pay this building off. And we got down to uh, about $123,000. And I got up one service and the spirit of God said, I want you to say this to them. Because this was like about October, I think. And the Lord said, you know, why don't you tell them that in this congregation, you know, really of a couple hundred, if, you know, if 200 would believe for so much a week, you know, it would just take this much. If a hundred believed for so much and it equaled out to about a hundred and something a week. If you believe for that extra, we could get this thing paid off by the end of the year. And, you know, the way that the Spirit of God told me to break it down, you know, it was doable to a single mom or, you know, you know, a household that didn't have two incomes. And a lot of the, the, the women in the church came to me and said, you know, we've been wanting to be part of the, of the payoff, of the project, the payoff, but we just kind of didn't know where to put our faith. When you put it like that, we thought, I can believe for that. So they began to believe and supernatural seed began to come into their hands. Listen, we're excited. We, I'm thinking, listen, by December, this congregation is going to pay this thing off. Well, Pastor Nancy came in December. And someone was asking me at the table about, you know, what's going. I said, oh, my God, I go, the people are so excited. I mean, you know, they're believing for extra income, supernatural income increases coming to them. We're going to get this thing paid off in no time. Like a service or two later, Pastor Nancy got up and World Harvest Church paid our building off $123,000. Just paid it off. And we were like, what? Now, see, I was fully convinced that the congregation was going to do it. But God wanted the faith of the people working. He wanted everybody's faith working. And everybody's faith brought a miracle a different way. There's something about each one of us getting into faith about the project that is set before us. And once everyone was excited about doing their part, well, then God did it a different way. I mean, and that's okay. But it, it dawned on me, their faith. They were all now exercising their faith for their part. And God was able to move because of their faith. Every one of us matters in a local church. Our approach to it, how we develop our faith. And I know that God wanted to do this because he wanted us to see how if we exercise our faith, we could go further. Because we need to go further. And because we know that it's time to, to really step out and make a, a, a steps towards moving in a direction of getting, you know, getting a piece of property. And we've done that, you know, but there's still some things that have to be done. Uh, I mean, we've done that, make some steps to, in, in our faith. We haven't acquired a piece of property. We're looking at a piece of property and, uh, you know, we've, we've made some steps, but we're just believing God, but it takes every one of us believing it. 
That's why it's so important to understand how important each and every person's role is in the church. Because it benefits the whole by the plan of God being fulfilled, but also it benefits your life. These people were coming to me and they were so excited. You know, I was sitting there thinking, how can I be a part of this? Well, when they were thinking of 123,000, you know, your mind just goes, well, I mean, you know, what, what can I do to make a difference? But when you broke it down to believe for a, an extra $100 a week, they thought, well, I mean, that's a good starting point. And then they felt like I can be a part of what God is doing. And then, of course, we were all rejoicing when God, because of the faith that was moving, we obeyed him, we exercised our faith, and then the power of God moved. And that's how it works in a church. Amen? Now, let me, um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let me talk to you about the local church. And uh, this, this is how the Spirit of God said this to me. There really are four parts in our church service. The first part is when we come together to worship God. And what we're doing is we are ushering people into his presence. And there is no part of the church service that should be treated casual. When we come and it's time to worship, and I'm, I, we're really endeavoring to train our people to understand this in a greater way. When we come together, the first part of our, our service is to worship God because the worship team is to help us usher others into the presence of God because in the presence of God is where this power of God in the eighties. When I got saved 1983, I got to the church that we are in now and during praise and worship answers would come direction. I mean, you could get healed during worship because everybody put their attention on God and the, 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 the manifested presence of God would show up and things would begin to happen. And see, why am I going over these things? Because we got a younger generation coming up behind us and they need to understand this. They, they need to understand that, you know, the, when we start service with worship, it's just, it's not just the bell to tell everybody we're starting the service. It's a vital part because as we turn our attention to God, we can get healed before we get into the word <laughs> and how much easier it is to receive from the word when you're not in pain. How about, you know, something that just keeps bothering you in your thinking and in the presence of God, God speaks to you in one word will do something that will take that pressure off. This is what the church is supposed to be doing. And so we don't want to lay that down. And we want to magnify it. And that's why with my congregation, I've been going over and over this because I'm telling them, listen, 
if God is going to take the precious fruit of the earth and bring them in, you're going to have hurting people. You're going to have all kinds of people that need the power of God. You find God's power in his presence. And we have to be the place that makes it conducive so that they can get into the presence and they can get what they need. And that's why it's so important that we, we go over these things. Now, you know, many of us, we know them. We know how to respond in a service. But this is what God has really brought up to my mind. You know, not everything that I've taught you does your congregation know. And, you know, really, my daughters, when we go down to uh, uh, Pastor Nancy in the Bible college and I teach in the in the Bible college, you know, I pull out a lot of old notes that I have. And I just go because I can go line upon line, precept upon precept. And, and my daughter said, Mom, uh, do you know that a lot of people have never heard this that you've said? And I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's right. You know, you, you know, you just go on with the congregation. You teach them one thing and then you teach them another and you teach them another. And then some of the very things that I taught in the very beginning, my, my congregation, because they're growing up. I mean, I have an oldest grandson that's 17 years old. He's going to be graduating from high school. You know, in so many years, I probably haven't gone over some of those things. So God is saying, not everything do you know. Have you taught this congregation? You may have taught it in the beginning. You may have taught it years ago. But there is a whole other generation that needs this. And so this is why God is having me go over some things. But it's important. It's important for young people to understand what it is to get in the presence of God in worship. Because you know when you know how to do it. And I love what Pastor Nancy says. What we do at church is practice for you to do it at home. Because what we learn in church, when, when we're home and nobody's around, and the music isn't playing, and there isn't a church full of people, we can do it ourselves. Many of us had, had to learn how to, you know, Hear from God. I know when I got saved, I was a year before I got into a word and spirit church, which we called back then word of faith. But I was sitting under Brother Coben's ministry through television. But, you know, television was not someone looking into my eyes or, or someone preaching the exact message that I needed that day because my mind was, you know, uh, the devil was working in my mind on a situation, you know. That's not what happens. I, I believe in television ministry, but it ne will never, 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 never take the place of the pastor in the local church. I, listen, I, I think social media is good because you can reach a lot of people, but it will never take the place of your pastor looking at you and seeing there's something lacking in your faith. There's something that you still need to make an adjustment so you can get all the way through. And that's another thing that we need to put a premium on. There are times that I tell people, listen, I need you to do this. I need you to sit under the word because there's things going on in your life and you need to get more filled up. And they'll say, yes, pastor, you know, I received that. And then when the pressure's off, it's like they want to give me a praise report 
so that they dismiss the last instruction. But it's like as a pastor, you know if people are there or not. You know if people are there or not. You know if, you know, like Brother Cabs used to say, when you have severe symptoms, you need to put that word in more than one time a day. You need to put it in three times a day. You used to call it the gospels, you know, or however many times. But he says when symptoms are gone and everything, then he said you can do maintenance. You know, you may not have to, you know, go over that scripture ten times in the day. You get up in the morning and you refresh yourself on what the victory that you have gotten. But sometimes people quickly want to um, think that they've received a victory because a little bit of pressure subsides. But they really haven't gotten hold of something so that if another storm comes up. How, is, how does that happen? Who detects that? Listen, not through the television. And not through your phone or your device. That's only with someone who has been given oversight over your life. And let me tell you something right now. In this generation, oversight is a negative word. Submission is a negative word. Correction is a negative word. If people were to tell people how our church functions, they would, they would call us cultish. Why do you have to go to church? You know, they, 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 they don't even like, now, you know, they can do all kinds of things with all kinds of other activities on a regular basis. Two times a week, one time a week, you know. And nobody even thinks anything that is odd about that. But you tell somebody that you go to church three times or four times a week, they go, why? Well, why do you do what you enjoy multiple times? But in this generation, when they're, they are taking all the restraints off, we have to be very careful that that does not creep into the church. And we have to be very careful that we don't change what we believe in fear of being criticized. It's easy to do. Let, let, can I tell on myself a little bit? 2020, we had to go to doing services through Facebook Live or whatever that's called. We were not ready for that. I, 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 I never broadcast our services, never. And so when the church was closed down in California, it was closed down quite a bit. I don't know if everybody was closed down as long as we were, but we were closed down a lot. And so we were forced to do that or, or our people wouldn't have services. So when I would get in, at, you know, and I would do the service, in my mind I would think there are all kinds of people that don't know me that could be watching this. Debbie, tone it down. Because <laughs> I don't want to mess with people's opinion of what I'm doing. Not that I would really look at it, but, you know, somebody could tell you, Pastor, did you see what they said about what you said? I mean, you know, somebody, some wonderful saint that thinks they're doing something great. So I would be ministering, and then I realize I'm choosing my words, and I'm starting to filter a little bit, because it's only going to be for a short time. And then, of course, finally, when we got done, 
you know, and we're doing, and you know, we, we are still now putting our services on uh, whatever. We're streaming them. I don't know what you want to call it. But anyway, they're up there. Then I realize, you know, I don't know if I want them to be up there. And then it dawned on me, I, I'm still filtering what I'm saying. What's wrong with you? Why? Because you don't want to be criticized? Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm not somebody that gets my feelings hurt. You know, I'm a big girl. I, you know, there's not much that can hurt my feelings, you know. I'm just thinking, I just don't want to deal with all that, you know. And then all of a sudden, one day, I, I'm, I'm ministering, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm taking the filter off. I have realized that I'm filtering what I'm saying. When I say filtering, I'm trying to say it nicer. You know, that, that's just not even me anymore. I mean, listen, baby, I shoot from the hips, you know. Listen, if God, if God brings it to my mind, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting it out there. And you're just going to have to deal with it the way it lands. That's the way my church is. I try to do a disclaimer. You understand, I'm not the pastor here, in case you're a visitor. You know, the pastor will be here on Sunday, and he's much nicer than I am. So I'm just letting you know that. But I realize I'm doing something different. And I thought, you know, you better stop that. You better stop that because you're not going to be accurate in what God's called you to do. But just that change made you realize I'm changing because I'm thinking that people are watching me. It's so easy to let the influence of the world slip in. Yeah. See, it's like, now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm... Like I think I'm doing something wrong. It's not that I think I'm doing something wrong and then I don't want them to see me doing something wrong. I'm, so, I'm trying to hide something. What I'm doing, I know is right. But it gets in that mind and going, well, come on, you know, you're pretty confrontational, but your church knows you, they love you. Do you really want to get that out there for we think that we don't get affected by what's going on out there, but we do. And that's why we got to be careful. That's why we got to be careful. That's why we need to understand. So when we come into the church, the first part of the service is we're going to enter in to the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there's glory, there's honor, there is help for us. Then we have to honor the word that's being preached. The word brings us revelation. The word helps renew our mind. The word helps us increase our faith. We cannot minimize when the word is being preached. Which means that we have to be mindful. Especially those that, that we serve in the church. We have to be mindful of, of what we're doing. And how we're doing what we're doing when the word is being preached because we want the attention or the people's attention on that word because it's another vital part of the service. And then another form of worship is our offerings. <laughs> our, our expression of our love and gratitude. We can't take a, a, a back seat on that because you know, the, the Dr. Dufresne called it the false church. They are minimizing that part of the service. Yeah. 
because it is a worship. Our offering, our giving is a worship unto God. So we can't minimize that. That's got to, we've got to magnify that, you know, like we magnify worshiping God in, 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 in ushering in, in his presence and how we magnify the word being preached. And then the fourth part of the service is the, the ministering of the spirit, letting the Holy Spirit have his way. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to have a prayer line every service, but we have to be open to allow the Holy Spirit, give him time to work. Which means that, that we can't be looking at our watch to see what time we're going to get out. Because we're disrespecting what the Spirit wants to accomplish when he brings us together. You know, in the word, uh, let me take you to this verse. I, I've been going on. I, I've got so many scriptures here written down. Pro I promise you I do. Uh, but in Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more. As you see the day approaching. And so much the more. Why? Because he said when it gets darker out there, we're going to have to come together as a church more. Why? Because it, something happens when we come together. We are strengthened. We are encouraged. You know, what we know becomes more solid on the inside of us. And so he says when you see it so much more, when it gets darker out there, we cannot minimize the coming together of the church. Why? Because it's needful for us that we know that when we come together, we get in his presence. And boy, that anointing, it helps us. And then we have a time to express our love, our appreciation, and in obedience to God's word, we give him a portion of what he's already given us. And, and depending on the measure of our, of our faith, as our faith grows, we even do more than that. We get into generous giving. Why? Because the generous giver is going to receive the more abundant harvest. And then he says, you can step into being fully supplied. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. You'll have what you need when you need it, no matter what the need is. So we come together and we express our gratitude in, in, in worshiping with our finances, our substance. And do you know that brings increase? You know, I heard um, David Oyedipo say this. He said, when it comes time to give, he said, remember this. And I thought, boy, this is, this is something to, I mean, I wrote this down. You are not a sponsor of the work of God. You, you, you're not a sponsor. You're not a supporter. Because God's work is greater than what you could ever do. 
but he allows you to participate as a covenant member. He gives you an opportunity to participate as a covenant man, covenant woman into what he's doing. But he said, God owns the, you know, the, all the gold and the silver is his. So you can't look at it like I am the supporter or the sponsor of the work. It's too great. God, 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 God's got it all. But he allows us to be a part of what he's doing. And then in return, he increases us. So when we give, we are increasing. We are getting to increase because we participate in this part. How important is the local church to us? I have a young girl that just lost her husband. She's got four children, and the local church is everything to her. She says, when I get here, she says, that anointing, it helps me. I go back. I ha During the day, I have to deal with things. You know, this happened just fresh. So she's got to deal with all these natural things. And she said, sometimes my mind and my emotions. And I get that. I get that. But she says, when I get in the local church with my family, it's like, once again, it's confirmed. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> You know, when you're, when you're missing someone that you truly love and you get around the saints of God and you feel their love, let me tell you something, it helps you. It does something for you. It lets you know that God's hands there and God's going to help you through it all. You're going to walk through this place, but you're going to get out on the other side. I'm going to tell you something, people that don't have the local church, Think about what they're doing and what they're going through with the hardship that comes into their life. I had a woman, she lost her son in a motorcycle accident. But she had, before this happened, she had two years she got plugged into the church. Two years later, the, her son was in a motorcycle accident. Young man. But he was born again. She told me, she, she called me and left a message. I went, oh, my God, you know, she had just been to a conference, and she came back. She went to Fresh Oil, you know, or camp meeting. She came back, and she said, Pastor Debbie, if I hadn't been sitting under that word, if I hadn't heard Pastor Nancy's testimony of when Dr. exited and all of that, she said, I'd be on Valium right now. I'd be on something just so that I could, you know, not face or, you know, I wouldn't be able to handle. But she says, because I have my local church. Yes. People are telling me, what, how are you getting through this? She goes, you don't know my local church. You don't know the support that they are to me. I can feel their prayers. I've got the word on the inside of me. You know, sometimes we take that for granted. That we have all of this help. So let's magnify it. Don't minimize it. Whatever you're doing in the local church, determine I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it with all my might. Listen, you might have to push a refresh button on you. They're like, wow, I didn't realize that. Because it matters how we do what we're doing for God. And the local church is so important. And that's what God has been having me minister on. The honor of the local church. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today 
without my local church. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today without having a pastor that had oversight over my life and, 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 and really instructed me on how to renew my mind and not stay in the past and to get through things. I would not be able to accomplish what God is having me accomplish, even in pastoring, if I hadn't submitted to a pastor and submitted myself to a local church and been a sheep that tried to excel where I was at. Not looking for a place of, 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 of notoriety, but just looking to be a part of what God was doing. What God brings into your life, don't ever treat it casual. God brings you to a local church. Don't treat it casual. God brings you a man and woman of God to have oversight over your life. Don't treat it casual. God brings covenant friends into your life to help you and, 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 and to, you know, nourish what you're supposed to do. Don't ever treat that lightly. God gives you the word, don't ever treat that lightly. God gave us the infilling of the Holy Spirit, don't treat it lightly. Praying in the Holy Ghost, don't treat fellowship with God lightly. These are the tools that he gave us to be victorious on this earth. Don't minimize them. Magnify them. And when you do that, you will see the rewards of what God has prepared for you already. And not like I said, I'm not saying this to a church that's not doing it. But I am encouraging you on to continue. And listen, even when difficulty comes, Jesus said himself, you know, in this world, you're going to have tribulations, tests and trials, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Even in some of those places that aren't so lovely, even in some of those places that can be really very hurtful, we can still lift up our worship and say, God, I trust you. I love you. I know you didn't do this to me and I'm going to glorify you and I'm going to magnify you. And I know that you are the God of all comfort and you're going to see me through. And the Bible says that he's going to see you through so you can help someone else in their time of need. Let me just end with this. I, I didn't even hardly go through my notes. Forgive me. Hopefully tomorrow night we can. There was a, a woman that she did my nails. She was Korean. Her husband passed away. And I'm telling you what, listen, he was really fighting for his life. Obviously, they don't know. They're, they're born again. They don't know the word, you know, like we know the word. And so when he passed away, she asked me, she goes, I know you're busy. But if you can do a prayer at the graveside, I would appreciate it. And if you can't, I understand. I said, no, no, I, I'd be glad to do it. She goes, my husband liked you. He knew you were a generous person. And so I said, okay, I'll do that for you. And of course, they were Korean, so they had someone else from the Korean church that was going to pray. And it was just a simple formality. He didn't want a big funeral, you know. And so I went. But on the way, when I was going, the Spirit of God gave me the scripture where it said, the God of all comfort will comfort you. One translation, it says so that, you know, he'll, he'll come alongside you and comfort you. So then 
when others come, you can comfort them. Well, I thought that I was going to use that verse and then just pray a simple prayer. You know, God will comfort you. But God really didn't impress upon me to use that verse. He gave me another one. So I'm going home, you know, I'm thinking, man, this verse, the God of all comfort. And when I got done, I just was, I was consumed with this compassion for people. This just love in my heart, like, like there were people hurting and I wanted to help them. But I knew it wasn't them. So I it was a Thursday. I ministered Thursday night. I said, church, I just, I just want to minister this verse tonight. And I began to read it. And I told them, I said, I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is doing. But I'm telling you, I just feel the compassion of God. And I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to lay hands on you. And I told them what happened. I told, gave them the verse. What I didn't know was two weeks later, that young man was going to pass away. And then I realized, Father, you were preparing us. You were preparing us. I said, I want you to come up here. I'm going to lay hands on you. And the compassion of God is going to minister to you, except nothing had happened then. Two weeks later, and then I realized, God, you were preparing me for, you know, really what was going to be kind of a shock to our church. We're, you know... Those of you that don't know our church, we're practically two families. It's not my husband and I, but we've got a matriarch in there that, you know, big family. And then they're almost like two families. Somehow they got married and, relate, you know, they're, you know, son-in-laws came in. I mean, it's just, it's kind of unique, but a lot of them, grandchildren and everything. So this affected them in a very personal way. This wasn't someone that was like a friend. He was a relative. But the God of all comfort, he helped us before we got there. And we could see that he was going to get us all the way through. It's amazing what God will do for us. It's amazing. And that's why we don't want to minimize what he's put in our life. What he has put in your life, you put a premium on it and you guard it at all costs. Determine. I'm part of a local church. I'm going to excel in my part <laughs> because there are others coming and you want to be there for them. What we bear fruit in, God will entrust us by bringing other people into our lives that we could be a witness this young man was such a witness that co-workers came. I mean, we had that place full with people we didn't know. And there was one young man that he had been witnessing to him to come to church. And this young man, he said, he kept inviting me to church and I told him I would go. He goes, I didn't think that I would show up to church at his funeral. And then he said, but I feel at home here. And so he came back to church. And then him and his wife signed up to do something in the church. And it's like, he's like, I don't know why, but I feel like I belong here. And it happened because a young man witnessed to him the workings of a local church. That's what we do. We take what we learn and we minister to others. 
don't minimize that because I'm telling you the world needs it and we have it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.